The what? <laughs> what did the you say? Ball and never lies. Welcome to oh, another episode lies. of Ripping the Rack podcast. I have no idea which episode number this is. I think, I think it's eight. by now. Are we 90? Yeah, we're 89, almost 90, 91. We're I don't almost know. at two years. I don't know. Has we're it just been two of, years, really? Almost. Almost. Wow. Yeah, uh, pandemic, right? Yeah. 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 We started April of 2020. Yep. So we're nice. coming up on we're coming up on two years. Uh, so I am your host Tim. Uh, with me today is we're going to leave off this special guest for a moment. Uh, I have uh, the big man, Mr. Coast Crusader, Brian. How you doing? Good, Tim. How are you? How is everybody? Uh, Hope everybody hey, had man, a I wonderful. I thought you were talking weekend. to me. He's talking about size, not ego. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. I thought he was talking about package. Yeah. Well, no, 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 because he's definitely not talking about me then. <laughs> so, anyway, I also have the king of the north, Mr. Calvin Locke. Calvin, how are you? Gentlemen, folks, how are we tonight? I'm good. I'm good. I'm watching the Leafs have a lead. It's it's incredible. I'm so Wow. Happy. Wow. Are they, are, are they playing the school for the blind? Yeah, Columbus Blue Blind. Columbus Blind Jackets. That's who they're playing. And joining us today, he is a veteran podcaster. He has a couple of different podcasts that he is going to dish on in shortly. He is the Swedish assassin. Wow. <laughs> Jeremy Seahome. Like What's going on, guys? How are you, buddy? I'm, I do have to ask, are you related to the guy that used to play corner for the Giants? <laughs> well maybe however, this however my, my last name was in a disney movie so you know i got that going so you're a disney prince sure it was actually the tim <laughs> allen shaggy prince dog like oh. in his office he had a football jersey that had my last name on it oh well, nice so that's something that no one else will care about <laughs> that is I, you know i, I by, by the way i just i made up that the swedish assassin today i was i was trying to think of something because i call brian you know brian goes by the coastal crusader because that's his other podcast and i've been calling calvin king of the north for a while now and of course we got the resident mass hole monkey pins who's by the way is not here he's doing once again the adult thing making Gee, money he, for his family works, man. you know uh and then there's me tim so you know <laughs> definitely had to come up with something for you no, honestly, I, I, I like it. I like it. That needs to go on your bowling shirt right under your your Swedish spelling of Seaholm. That, I did that. Um, that was actually at the request of my grandfather. My grandfather was born in Sweden. He's everything, Swedish pride and all that stuff. And um, when I bought the two shirts, one for me, one for him, he literally passed away two days later. Oh, so, geez. so you know, I have his initials on my shirt, and then you know, I have the Swedish spelling on the last on on the back. So, and people are looking at me like, "What the fuck does that say?" Because <laughs> <laughs> you can't speak the language. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks cooler. It's it got does. Like a, I mean, it's got the two dots over and oh, that's. I mean, that's. That I means mean, it's that's an umlaut, right? Umlaut. It is. That that's. I right. had no idea. Wow. Wow, the intelligence <laughs> right there. Jesus. Jesus. Pretty face, guys. Come on now. <laughs> thank, thank, God, thank God more people watch it, watch us or listen to us on Spotify than watch us on YouTube because <laughs> they don't see your face. That's right. Um, thank God so, we got all our Swedish people, too. Like, fuck, we're killing yeah, it tonight. <laughs> that's right. We, we got the Swedish population. 
Uh, I don't know how we don't have the Finnish population because my grandfather was from Finland. Oh. So, I mean, we're pretty much Scandinavian neighbors. Uh, there you go. You know. Oh, Toronto just gave up a goal. Shocker. <laughs> See, Calvin's going to be it preoccupied be for a moment. <laughs> I'm here. I got it. I'm under, it's under right, Timmy, control. What do we got for tournaments, Timmy? So, let's uh, let's – we're going to talk some tur- upcoming tournaments. We've got a couple of results to talk about. Um, and then we're just going to dive into a conversation with uh, the Swedish society. The SA. The SA. Not SA. The SA. No. Definitely no. not the SA. No. <laughs> no. No. Uh, so let's talk, uh, let's talk results. Uh, pro series results from this weekend. Um I didn't win, and let's move on. So we also have – just kidding. Um, congratulations to Joey Lister. Joey yeah. won his very first Pro Series. So can, big congratulations goes out to him. He bowled well, uh, bowled well all day. Uh, and a huge congratulations to the big man from Massachusetts, Bobby Witt. Mr. Bobby Whitcomb was named the uh, Pro Series Bowler of the Year. He deserves it. Oh, what my God. He, you, he you had throw, a phenomenal year. You throw 13-30 at CPL, you, you deserve to be Bowler of the Year. Oh, man. Yes. Unreal. Yeah. And he, and he, bowled, well, uh, he bowled well Saturday, too, at, at yeah. Lita. Um, he bowled well all week at Lita when we had the, the, yeah. inter- the Nationals there this year. So they took the top 24. Uh, how many did they have? Let's see. They had. Uh, they ended up with 57. Um, so they were down some. I think they had 60 plus, and then you know they lost some, unfortunately. Um, which kind of it, it was. It was interesting because the scores were. I don't know how to word this, Jeremy. You were there. They went tough, but there were some big scores. Yeah, it was weird. It was like half. Uh, so the eight seed, I believe, was what six seventeen. Six seventeen. Yep. But then you had a couple other six hundreds. But then they just I don't know they 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 kind of dropped a little bit. Cut like the, kind of a big gap. Yep. The cut line was five eighty nine. <laughs> Tim, what'd you bowl? Um, <laughs> I had a one thirty two and a one nineteen in my uh, fourth and fifth. Ah, yep. okay. Okay. So you yeah. must have made the cut. And I went and I went spare strike spare in my fifth box to end. Oh, so you made the cut. Uh no, I missed the cut. I went 588. I missed it by one. Oh. Yeah. Well, always next time. No, no, I pretty and, much and threw my bowling balls down route uh down route three. No, you didn't. I mean you, you were close the next to the cut. Day. You must have made the playoffs then, right? <laughs> I uh I did not make the playoffs. No uh, playoffs. We're talking <laughs> about playoffs. We're talking about playoffs. We're talking playoffs. No, I did not make the playoffs. We will we will discuss that in a moment. Let me uh, mm-hmm. let me go through this because uh, I also got to give a shout out to uh, Dave Barber. Uh, yeah, I don't know how the fuck he went seven twenty seven. I uh, I have no idea. You? And you know it. it what? He's better than you, and you know it? He certainly was on Saturday. <laughs> no doubt about that. Um, you know, he was he he was big. He went 127, 157, 155, 138, and he finished 150. 
Um, so he qualified number one at 727. Uh, Justin Waters, 668. Chris McDonough, 655. Uh, the Swedish Assassin, 649. And by the way, his first three strings, the dude couldn't miss. I, I had the pleasure of watching. Well, I watched two of them, and then I went down, and then you, and then you, I don't know what happened. Uh, lanes 36 <laughs> and 19. <laughs> yes. Is yes. 19 the one that goes like this? No. Oh, that's, no, that's, that's, that's lane one eight. 18. That's 18. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, Kustak was 630, Beaupre 627, and then Matt Nichols and Ryan, uh, Ivan Drago's cousin's uncle's cousin, uh, Ryan Drago, went 617. Uh, so there's where those were your top eight. Um, it was uh, there was some good ball. There's some really good shots made, um, not by me, but by Jeremy and others. Um, your hold on, here we go. Uh, your elimination results in the first round. Uh, you had to bowl a 114 to move on. Um, and I am going to give a special shout out to. Uh, Jeff Surratt for bowling his 113 and missing Ooh. the cut by one. Spare strike in the last box. Oh, uh, no. Yeah. It was Saturday after all. Uh, Jeff, that was Brian Atherin that said that. Uh, just so you know. Just because Calvin was thinking Jeff, it. Jeff, it wasn't <laughs> me. It wasn't me this time. Uh, um, second round, uh, you needed, oh, uh, they only eliminated seven because there was a tie for the last spot. Uh, 113 was the cut. Shouldn't it be uh, two tie all tie? Well, it was it was two tie. They both tie. So uh, the third round, the cut was 112. And again, Joey bowled that 112. So he just just made the cut. We won't talk about Mr. home missing that one. What happened? You get tired? No, I just apparently forgot how to hit a single. Uh-oh. The ninth, and tenth, the, the ninth and tenth box, I missed two singles in a row. Oh. So I also threw my bowling balls in my bag, paid my bar tab, and told Sean Taylor, let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, see, I, ha- I, I unfortunately, I couldn't leave after my missing the cut by one uh, because I was being chauffeured by Jeff and Kristen. Uh, but needless to say, after that next string, we did not wait long before we left. Um, warm up the bus. Yeah, warm the bus, up the, the bus. bus was definitely warm. Uh, and the fourth round, uh, Godwin and Barber were eliminated. I want to give them a special shout out for their huge strings that they had. Even I can't believe they actually got eliminated with these. Barber threw a ninety-four and Godwin with a ninety-six. I and those. Those aren't ones in front of them. Um, Hashtag ABL. (laughs) (laughs) And then, uh, and the final was, uh, again, Joey uh, moving on. Joey won. There were 131 in the final. And uh, Chris McDonough came in second place. So congratulations to all. I think Chris is going to be one that you're going to see a little bit more of in competitive stuff. I I, so I don't know. I, I guess I don't really know who he is. Um, so he showed up to Millis one day just to practice. And I was like, wow, I said, you're you're pretty good. You bowl in a league. He's like, yeah, I bowl out of, uh, I think it's Union Street. And um, 
he's he's like, yeah, I'm going to bowl out and run the Bears. I'm like, wow, sweet. He's in the semi-pro, the ACST semi-pro right now. Oh, wow. Which, God, I don't know. He ain't staying there. But he he was a pitcher in the Yawkey League. I guess from what Stephen Walsh told me, he was a stud. Really? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. Nice. But but I guess he, he he broke his arm in the All Star game at Fenway. And you can you can YouTube the the um the video. It's I mean you hear his arm break throwing a pitch. Yeah, I'm not uh, gonna YouTube that one. Uh, no, yeah. you you don't. It's it. It's amazing that he can still bowl. He throws a fantastic ball, but he'll he'll never pitch again. Is it like wow. that guy from the Tampa Bay Rays, I think, he broke his arm throwing a pitch, and then like his last rehab start to come back, he did it again. Yeah, no, it was one of those where you hear the snap. I'm Ooh. like, you, Steve, Stevie was showing it to me the other day, and I'm like, I can't even believe that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, too I mean, bad. He's, he's he's a great, he's a he's a good bowler, and I think he's just gonna get better. That's cool. It's good. Always it's love good. to see new blood in the game. Yep. Yep. That's good. That's good to see. Um, so we have the official pro series uh, playoffs. Playoffs. Uh, playoffs. Coming, coming up on April 2nd. Um, the top 24 make the cut. And um, I can't believe I got to take off my glasses to read this, considering they're reading <laughs> glasses. Oh, um, your fonts on like 800 probably. No, it's uh no, that's whatever Corey. This, whatever this font <laughs> that Barbara sent this file as. Um this was actually pretty interesting to see. Your top 8 get a bye. And your yeah. top 8 were obviously Bobby because he was number 1. Uh Godwin was second, Joey Lister third, Jeff Surratt fourth, Craig Holbert fifth, Sean Baker sixth, Dave Barber seventh and Richie Myrick eighth. Tim Douglas was ninth, had over a thousand points, and still did not make the cut. Wow, or that's or crazy. the buy. Still did I was not get at the that buy. Today. That's that's a lot of people that's a lot of people actually excited and going out to tournaments. Yes. Yeah. Um Boudreau was number twenty-four. Uh he had four hundred and ninety-five points. Uh Dean Sullivan twenty-fifth at four ninety. So that was a five point difference that, mm-hmm. that missed it. Um we won't talk about those that were way down. Um, Chris Bolvar, <laughs> he he missed. He sucks. Um, Mike McGinty, Norcross, me, Mark Carrier. Oh, Norcross didn't make it. Nope. Austin Barnes didn't make it. Aaron St. Cyr wow. just missed it. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, congrats to those that did. And the, the rounding out your so basically this is what it'll be it'll be uh the first round matchups will be Tim Douglas will bowl Boudreau, uh, Johnny Winchell Nate Lees, uh, Lou Gatarna will bowl Ed Woodside, uh, Beaupre will bowl Steve Reno Jr., Daly will bowl Matt Nichols. Oh, the Battle of the Tubbies. Uh, Justin Can I Wall- announce that one? Uh huh. Can I announce that one? We'll just Tell call me Triple XL. Tri- uh, J- Justin Waters has Brian Fuller Jr. Corey Packard has Freshy, and Jeremy Seaholm C- has Brian Crowell. Oh God, tough, tough matchup right there, Bob. <laughs> that is a tough. That's a fun <laughs> first round matchup. Brian Crowell, talk about a guy who doesn't seem to age. <laughs> no, like, no, like I remember him from what I call back in the day, which is when I pretty much started bowling in the world. So that was the 
you know, 92, 93, 94. Yeah. And then he went away for a long time. Yeah. Not to prison, folks. He didn't go away to prison <laughs> that, I, that I know of, meaning he stopped bowling. Maybe he did. I don't think so, but I, I you know, I think life just got in the way. Yeah. But, but he, looks the, he looks the same. He still bowls at a high, high level. Yep. Yeah. I mean, but but look at your, you know, you look at your top eight, and you've got Holbrook, who's like 760 years old. You know, uh, you got Wickham, who's 57 or 58. Um, yeah. You know, Surrett's in his upper 30s. Baker's in his 40s. You know, how old's Myrick? Myrick's got to be. Myrick's my age. He's almost 40. Myrick and I are about the same age. I was just saying yeah, he's, he's got to be mid to late 30s. Yeah, he's a few years younger than me. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's some age still bowling at some some pretty high levels. I mean, look at Dead Klein. Dead Klein is 68, 69. Oh, yeah. And- yeah, he's almost 70. Well, uh, look at when I was, when I first started bowling in Bangor in 04, 05, when I went to college, Charlie was still averaging 122. And he was 68, 70 at that point. He was like, still good. Yeah. And they're like, we have a couple... I don't know, Tim, at Oakland Park, who do you think the guy that's the oldest that averages the most is? We got some decent older bowlers. I mean, if you want to talk about elite older bowlers that are old, Phil Clough. Phil is incredible. Phil's, Phil's about 186. I was just going to say he's just under that 189 threshold. Right, but, <laughs> I mean, still, he bowls docks. He bowls candlepin, like, at a competitive level. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing with Candlepin Bowling is you can you take care of your body a little bit and you can bowl competitively. And I mean competitively, not just league bowling, but you could do it at an older age. Absolutely. You know, um, I, I, I turned 50 this year. I throw the ball harder now than I did when I was 30. Wow. Do you feel like you have to? Like, do you feel like you have to put extra behind it? Is that why you're throwing it harder? Like, I I feel like I have to just because the – how do I word this? So, I think we all know because we've all been around bowling long enough to know, and Jeremy has seen it, managing bowling alleys and things like that, that houses were taken care of differently. 15, 20 years ago. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, I'm not saying they were juiced up. I'm not saying they put a gallon of oil down on and, and said, here you go, have some fun. But the proper uh, conditioners were reasonably priced then. They were. And and your proprietors, and I'm going to say, you know, people talk, and someone asked me this weekend what the hell I was talking about by doing the plates. You know, because I that's everybody has a different term for it. I'm simply saying that back then proprietors would do the plates several times a week versus once in September and then not again until September of four years from now. Right. You know, so, yeah, I do feel like I have to throw it a little bit harder to try to carry some pins that I may not have had to do 
20 years ago. Yeah. But I was also, I 20 years ago, I was also more consistent. I was more, you know, I didn't leave a lot of pins on the plate. Things like that. I, right. I So, I don't know. I, I, you, you do one thing to counteract the other, and it takes away from what the other was doing. Yeah. See, I actually find myself going in the opposite direction, where I feel that I'm a lot smarter of a bowler than I was 15 years ago. Yeah. You know, um, well, that, comes, I definitely, that comes with that comes with you know practice and bowling and everything well, of else. Of course. Right? But I mean, I don't throw the ball nearly as hard as I used to. I mean, I used to have a big, long approach, a big four-step approach. If you watch my first Channel 50 show, I'm at the back of the approach. Like, I mean, not quite Jason Doucette back of the approach, but. You know, but yeah, no, I, I'm I'm almost three quarters of the way up. I have next to nothing for an approach. But I don't know, but like shot making and things like that, it, like, like Calvin just said, it's it's all. Yeah, I mean my my approach is my approach is not as it was longer back then because well let's face it I was more flexible, <laughs> um and that's where I generated my speed from. That's why I think I'm I'm inconsistent right now, is because I'm in between. I'm in between stages, and we saw Holbrook go through this five or six years ago where he was way up, and he kind of had a little bit of a dip, and then he he can't, he went back up again yeah. uh, because he had to get used to his body. He had to get used to the differences between, you know, being 40 and being 50. Well, that's a real thing, too. It happened to me. I have to deal with the difference of being 100-plus pounds heavier three years ago than I am now, and that changes your arm slot incredibly that I found. Like, I throw the ball in the corner because my arm comes out here because it used to. And now, like, I bring it in and it goes right. And it's like, what the hell am I doing? But, yeah, it's an, it's an adjustment period, age, weight. I mean, I feel there's a lot of young guys in this game right now that throw the ball really, really, really hard. And they are one stick away from not being able to do that anymore. They have to realize that. You need a plan B in Candleton Bowling. You can't throw the ball 400 miles an hour all the time, unfortunately. Which is true. Yeah. Um, That's for sure. So let's let's talk uh, some upcoming tournaments real quick, and then let's get into uh, uh, some discussions here. So we've got uh, coming up, and they are still taking sign-ups the last I knew. Uh, please, folks, sign up for this. This is a blast of a tournament. Um, it's a great time. This is the Tom Darby Memorial. It is at Stars and Strikes Bowling Center in the thriving metropolis of South Paris, Maine. Uh, this is a five-person team marathon. It is on April. Yes, I'll get there. Okay. Uh, it is on April 16th. Saturday, April 16th. Starts at 9 a.m. Cost is $45 per person, $225 per team. You will. This is a marathon, so you will bowl each team once. Uh it is handicapped 95% of 130. Your average used is your highest known average league or state. Uh, all ties for first place will result in a one-game roll-off. All other money positions, ties broken by total pinfall. Um, they need a minimum of eight teams to hold the tournament, and they are only taking 14 teams, which is the amount of lanes they have. Uh, deadline for signups are coming up in April 12th. Call 
or reach out to them on Facebook. Get a team, get on a team, something. It's a fun, fun tournament. Um, we have something that Lita Lane started last year that is coming back. We have the Triple Crown Series. This nice. is a scratch tournament. Five strings on Sunday, August 7th, 11 a.m. That is $50 to enter. Ten strings on Sunday, September 11th. That is also at 11 a.m. That is $100 to enter. And then there is the 20 stringer on Saturday, October 1st. That as well is at 11 a.m. That is $150 to enter. You do not have to bowl in all three. You can bowl in one, two, or all three. Uh, winner of the five string will get free entry into the 10 string. Winner of the 10 string gets free entry into the 20. Uh, there will be a prize for the highest combined pin total for all tournaments. Uh, that is at Lita Lanes. Uh, get a hold of them. 340 Amherst Street, Nashville, New Hampshire. 603-889-4884. Get a hold of Lexi. Get a hold of Matt Susie on Facebook. Candlepin chat somewhere. I'm sure more information to come. Uh, let's see. What else do we have? We have the big one. The big Mama Jamma. Ray's Easter Classic. Sunday, April 17th. This is a singles scratch 20 string. As it says here, I did not put it. Torminet. 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 Got sign up for them Torminets. Yep. 20 string tournament. Torminet. Uh, $1,000 has been added to the prize fund sponsored by Coca Cola. Entry, nice. fee, entry fee is $150. There will be one shift, 102 bowler limit, three bowlers per link, starting time 11 a.m. Alvin, Sign coming up. down? Yeah. Huh? Are you? Are you, are you coming down for East Classic? I'll be there. When? I just said Sunday, April 17th. <laughs> I'm, I'm there. Seriously? Think, is that Easter weekend? Like, is that actually Easter weekend? Yes, it's on Easter. Yes, it's on yes, Easter. No. That's why they call it Easter Classic. <laughs> I'll be there. Nice. Uh, Sign-ups and commitment must be made one week prior in order for proper food counts to be made. Again, you can email Alexis at alexis at lanes.com. You can call Lita Lanes at 603-889-4884, or you can find them on Facebook as well. That is the big mamma jamma. The one I, honestly, I've never bowled in. Um, I'll pick you up on the way. I will not be bowling this year. Yes. You're running out of time, Tim. Tim, I'm coming. You know what? I can run out of time as much as I want. I would love to bowl in it. But my body says, but my body, my body says no. We're not quoting R. Kelly on this. We're not not quoting R. Kelly on this. Tim, have you ever bowled it? No. No, I I haven't either, actually. No. Um, When I was younger, before kids, um, I was in law enforcement, and I worked a lot. So trying to get that off was fairly difficult. And then I got out of that and uh, met my wife and had an immediate family. And, well, when you've got a five-year-old, a four-year-old, and a newborn, uh, Easter becomes something for the next 15 to 20 years. Yeah. So now that the kids are all out of the house. You're too old. Now my body's breaking. <laughs> now my body's breaking down. So, 
like that Twilight know. Zone episode where he finally gets to read all the books he wants and breaks his glasses. Yep. Uh, may, I mean, maybe maybe I'll bowl in it next. I, I don't know. I gotta I gotta do something. Get in some type of. I'm uh, I'm coming to get you, Tim. I'll pick you up. Well, you you can you can come to get me. I my door might be locked. No, you're gonna come bowl. Anyway, the last one I have, uh, I have a handicapped three-man team. Saturday, March 19th, this is called the Luck of the Irish. It is at 1 p.m. It is a five-string event. Entry fee is $90 per team. Your team may be made up of three men, three women, or co-ed. Two men, one woman. Is it scratch? Is it handicapped? Uh, the title of that was Handicapped Three-Man Teams. Okay. I didn't listen so, as I commonly don't to you. So <laughs> I, I'm going to say that's handicapped. Uh, it is 100% handicapped to 130, using the highest league average as of March 1st. Must be at least 17 years of age to bowl in this. My guess is if you're under that, uh, because there's money involved, you lose your state stuff. Okay. You technically also forfeit any NCAA. Yes. Eligibility. Not that 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 ever happened. And the last tournament I I have information on, uh, the New Hampshire State Tournament has been announced that is sponsored by Bud Light. Uh, That will be co-hosted this year by Park Place Lanes and Bolarama in Portsmouth. That will be the weekends of April 23rd and 24th and April 30th and May 1st. Average cutoff date is April 1st. Uh, Park Place will hold the team and mixed team events. Bolarama will hold the singles, doubles, and mixed doubles teams. They have changed it. Will consist of four people this year instead of five. Don't know why. That's what they have now. Uh, so your basically your shift times are Saturday, April twenty third, uh, ten a.m. singles, Bolarama, one p.m. doubles, Bolarama, three p.m. mixed doubles, Bolarama. Sunday, April 24th, 10 a.m. mixed teams, Park Place Lanes, 1 p.m. teams, Park Place Lanes, and 4 p.m. mixed teams, Park Place Lanes. And then the following week, Saturday, April 30th, 10 a.m. doubles, Bolarama, 1 p.m. mixed doubles, Bolarama, 1 p.m. teams at Park Place, 3 p.m. singles at Bolarama, 4 p.m. mixed teams at Park Place, and Sunday, May 1st, 10 a.m. mixed doubles at Bolarama, teams at Park Place, 1 p.m. doubles at Bolarama, mixed teams at Park Place, 3 p.m. singles at Bolarama, and 4 p.m. teams at Park Place. So those of you that just heard that and are totally fucking confused, (laughs) check the website. Check the website. Go on Facebook. Go on Candlepin Chat. It is listed there. Um, And, yeah. Calvin, you got anything up there going on in Canada? Man, so much. You have no idea. I'm so excited. I'm beyond excited right now. Um, this weekend, uh, Gwinnell, uh, Duguay, the Duguays at Avon Valley, they have a handicap doubles tournament. Uh, 10 a.m. starting, five strings, minimum of three-round head-to-head ladder to determine the winner. They have 17 teams signed up. They're looking for 11 more. So get your teams, uh, get your handicap 85% based off of uh, I think the highest team says there's no average ceiling. So the highest team, 85% based off of those. Cost is $30, $60 per team. 
Uh, 25% of the total take will be paid to the winning team, 50% to other the top finishers. So pretty neat little thing there. Um, March, end of the month. Yes, I don't. Uh, end of the month, there's two tournaments. We have uh, the ladies have a tournament in Nova Scotia. They have a tournament in uh, New Glasgow. You can contact Laurel to sign up. I think they're looking for two more teams. They have 14. I think they're looking for 16. So they'd like to get the two teams. So ladies, if you got a team, put a team in. Um, that I don't know all the the financial part, but if you need to contact somebody, uh, Laurel at uh, New Glasgow Lanes or Amanda Labelt on Facebook, and she's got some information I think. And as well, the 27th is the next King of the Hill in Fredericton, so contact Corey King of the Hill on Facebook, or the monthly King of the Hill on Facebook. Um, get that he'll have a post, and you can sign up there. Usually 30 to 36 bowlers. It's two weeks left before we get to our playoffs. So get out there and try to get your points. Um, what else we got? We got lots of stuff. Uh, April 9th and 10th is the Valley Mixed. Uh, that's coming up, you know, in a month's time now. So hope everybody's got their uh, team all ready. Um, I think they're still full with 14 teams. I haven't seen any other update of Jess complaining that she's lost a team and she needs to put a team together quick yet so it's not a week before that though yet, that, that's so when those we, messages start or about three yeah, or four I days know, before I can't wait for that. um and then i believe there's a 560 in st john uh that is coming up uh the 9th and 10th as well i believe so that one there, it'll be 560. I believe they'll do it based off your high league average. If you haven't bowled in two years like me, well, they'll figure something out. You'll have to get a hold of them to figure something out. I don't know what they're going to use. Um, I haven't got too much information on that one. And the next one we have uh, April 23rd and 24th. There's a 460 uh, open to men and women, uh, 375 per team. Uh, $1,100 first place. If you need to contact anybody for information, uh, contact Doug at 902-455-1519, and he can help you out. It's only a four-bowler team. That's why it's only 460, not uh, 560. It's only four bowlers per team. Um, I think they have 11 signed up right now, and they're looking for 16. You need a minimum of 40 strings bowled in a league to uh for your average so average cutoff is also march 31st and i think that's it for at least april so yay tournaments in canada <laughs> so before we before we move on real quick i just had a i had a quick thought who who here has read or whatever calvin and hobbs the comic strip yeah. So I got thinking, Calvin, you mentioned something about that. My my one of my favorite quotes, and I should have used this earlier, was Calvin saying, you know, Hobbs, some days even my lucky rocket ship underpants don't help. Yeah. That was me on Saturday. Just saying. So, Jeremy. What's up? Swedish, Swedish assassin. <laughs> Tell us. 
tell us. Tell us bowling. What do you do? Fill us, fill us in. What's new? Oh, What's uh, going on? Uh, not much. I mean, it, it's still weird not working in a bowling alley. I, I, I will say. I um. Whenever somebody asks about it, I still refer to it as a as we. Like, oh, well, you know, like we do this, we do that. And it, it's it, it, it's it was definitely a tough decision. But, you know, I'm able to bowl a little bit more. And it just. Yeah, I mean, how long were you how long have you been in? Let's call it in the bowling industry. Were you uh, in the bowling industry? Twenty two years. Okay. And that started at uh um, right high school. God, you're old. <laughs> I'll be I'll be forty I'll, I'll be forty one this year. Wow. It's not that old, Tim. Stop it. Not as old as That's Tim. Right. You, you, you got almost <laughs> ten years on him. <laughs> Easy cramps. Easy Well, back in my day. I, um, bet, you, I bet you Jeremy bowled a twenty stringer. I've, I've, I've never bowled a twenty stringer. You will though, Jeremy. Boom. Just prove the old fuck wrong. Boom roasted. <laughs> so, Jeremy, where did you, you started at, was it Fairway? Yep. What was, uh, that was a funky place, Brian. Remember that place? Yeah, that's oh. the one where we, we, we bowled the Pro Series there right before it closed. And they had all the miniatures inside from Christmas. <laughs> and Tim got in the little miniature bed with the little Christmas mouse. We had pictures. <laughs> it was quite funny. Or was it the, the one like right in the lobby? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He was yeah. laying in that bed with that mouse. Oh, yeah. Because he fit. So f- funny, th- like those, we were, those were all out because she was trying to sell them. And some lawyer from Staten Island bought all of it <laughs> for like $19,000. His house was awesome for Christmas. <laughs> the amount of money she lost on like what she spent over her life on all those things so, like is like not even it's it's sad to even talk about all total she's probably spent about four hundred thousand dollars on those things jesus jesus those are not cheap like one display she got one like there was like an airplane like airport like display or whatever there was like 10 pieces to it it was like uh like fifteen thousand dollars oh wow wow yeah. It, that was her thing. That was her thing. Every year, this is what wow. I do. We set it up and, and all that stuff. Wow. Yeah. So, so it's a cool place. The ball returns are in Augusta now. They are. Are they? Yeah. One yep. set. One seven ten. Yeah. They're painted. He painted okay. them. Wow. But but they're in Augusta. I didn't know that. I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah. They used to have the big. In Augusta, they had the big circular ten pin ball racks. That would. They just. It was a big circle. Oh yeah. yeah. It was a circle. It never ended. Circle. circle. <laughs> I like those. You could fit so many sets on them though. Like you didn't have to worry about them backing up. I hated those things. Um <laughs> say that just because I liked them. You're right. So Fairway 20 did you you bowled on did you bowl on channel five? No, I'm not old enough for that. Okay. No, I missed that by about when I started chasing roll-offs, I missed that by about three years okay so, so you you were comcast though right yeah i have i have three shows on channel 50 and i had and i'm have a few shows on comcast okay what's uh i'm gonna ask you the same thing i ask everybody and it's not the gim to one because oh, i don't get mad God. if i do that oh, one right to mute him. 
I was it going is, to mute him. Like it is not like, that one. <laughs> it's I, I really like hearing about people's memories, like their favorite memories and things like that. I I just the older I get, the more I love love to hear the stories of Bowling. Mm-hmm. What's uh what's what's some of your favorite memories? And it could be you bowling. It could be what you've seen. Um, yeah, that's that that's that's tough. But my favorite is probably my first show on Channel Fifty. Because I mean, I was 19 years old. I don't know how I somehow made the show. Because I, I was bowling well. Like I, I mean, when I first got my job at at Fairway, I was probably averaging like 107 to 110, and I bowled every day on my lunch for about a year and a half, every single day. And then one guy, the guy was like 85 years old. He looks, he comes up to me. I remember his name. His name was Harry Sherman. He goes, he goes, do you look at the pins or do you look at the floor? I'm like. I don't know. I'm like, I have no idea. Like, I, I don't pay attention to what I look at. He goes, he goes, you should use the arrows. I'm like, isn't that like a 10 pin thing? And he goes, no, I want you to do this for like three weeks or whatever. And for some reason, something clicked and I've been a spot bowler ever since. And then my average started to shoe up. And then I, um, I went to a channel 50 final. I started out through a 164. 128 something like that the third string i started with a four bagger my only four bagger jesus and i went like 460 my first three i'm like oh my god like this this might actually happen and then i threw a 95 (laughs) and i I followed up with like a one 123 which i needed to work for because the the, i threw 673 the cut to make the show was 665 wow wow it was it was nuts and i ended up bowling rich clark who i mean tim i'm sure yeah, i know right know. richie yeah i basically went into that match thinking i'm like well i got nothing to lose you know he's got all the experience in the world i'll just do whatever you know i'll, I'll just try to not to embarrass myself and i ended up throwing 412 on my first time on tv nice wow. and i and i threw a strike and oh granted his last three boxes he went spare five or spare spare two five box spare three something like that and i threw a strike in the last box to 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 seal it but i don't know it was just so surreal like i'm you know they had big crowds then everyone's like cheering and yelling and all that stuff and like that's always going to be like my favorite just 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 for me you know you know what's funny is is you know what i really remember from my first time bowling on tv there's two there's two things that will always stick out to me. Number one was when I threw my first ball, I thought I was gonna throw a gutter ball. The ball felt like it weighed about five ounces. Oh my god. My heart was like beating out of my yep. chest. Like it it was crazy. And I struggled to see the pins because it was so bright. Yep. It was so bright that it like let's face it, where we you know, where where you normally stand on the approaches, there's hardly ever any light on the approaches. Right. It's hot. That's what I yeah. remember from being yeah. on TV one time. It was hot. I yep. threw 121 and got annihilated by Dave Glover. He threw 155 against me on TV. Because <laughs> we only did one string matches, Jeremy. You qualified. The champion had the second match. And then the two challengers bowled one string. And then was it a two-string final, Tim, or a one-string final? So it was basically a Comcast. It was, it was, it yeah. was very much like Comcast. Um, yeah. You had... Three guys per show, yeah. Hold on. Oh, my God, I don't remember the Augusta show. 
Yeah, you had if it was you had three guys per show. You had your champion, your two challengers pulled a one string roll off, and then in the middle you had your fan. You pulled your fan's name. The guy that won the first match threw the ball to try to win the money for the the fan, and then they bowled the finals. And I can't remember if the finals was must been a two. must been a two string. Had to be because it was three strings total. So it must yeah. been a, it must been two. Yeah, it was two strings. It was. Yeah. Uh, no, I my. Bowling on TV back then was, um, I, I, I wished I had gone and chased, you know, down south and chased some of those Channel 5s or, you know, things like that. I didn't know about them, though. Yeah, I no. mean, my, my regret, I mean, I lived I lived in Framingham, which is right next to Natick, where Fairway was, and I never watched a Channel 5 taping because they taped on Mondays. You know, I was always in school and, you know, my parents aren't going to take me out of school to watch bowling. Yeah, no. you haven't got very good parents then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mine did. <laughs> Obviously, I, look I, at I, the may, I may have got. missed a Thursday and Friday every November for a while to go watch the world. <laughs> Although, if you watch Paul Berger's 500, there's a little kid in the background with a striped shirt on. That's Sean Taylor. Really? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Okay. It was uh, like five, but yeah. Well, no, it's just. You know, it's I don't know. I Godwin's in a bunch of the shows with yeah, uh, Baker on them with Baker. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so Jeremy, what's what's your uh, what's your favorite win? Favorite win? I would have to say the the Pro Series, the three man random draw, brought um at Exeter. It was 2019. Yeah. It was three three months after my grandfather had passed away. Now, mind you, he went to everything. He went to all my roll-offs. I'd tell him I was bowling a 9 o'clock roll-off at Lita at, like, 7 o'clock, and he'd be like, all right, you're going to pick me up? I said, yeah, okay. He would go to everything. He went to all my tournaments, and, you know, that one, it was the first tournament afterwards that I bowled in. It was the first time I wore that blue and yellow shirt, and the finish, I mean, it was Brandon Marks pulled. He was down 31 with – two boxes to go and he pulled it out wow baker he struggled on a fill i forget what it was if you think what eagle seven box and then it was 27 pins i think going into the 10th box whatever it was he threw a double eight to win wow and this was obviously before everything was being streamed it it was was, of course it was one of the most in- incredible like finishes I have like ever seen, and it was I don't know it was just it felt like somebody was like watching, yeah. you know, you know one of those things. Uh, New England, I won the last New England Candlepins like tournament we had. Uh, that was one of those days where I felt like the other day where just I couldn't miss. Like if there was a single pin there, I knew it was going. Yeah, you know, those days. So they are fun and i will i'll say and i've said this before one of my favorite matches of all time and i will take this to my grave is one that i lost and it was the it was the mixed worlds in bangor against calvin's team in the finals it was a playoff because we we tied yeah and so we had a one string roll off and it was it was one of the most intense thing i just to be a part of it, yeah. even on the losing end, was just something special. Yeah. Uh, and to Morrison, see Morrison uh, made back-to-back cut shots, like two and one, and then oh. one and one, like 
it was unreal the shot the two shots he made back to back you know you had evan evan what spare strike something in the last two boxes and then baker did it at baker and then uh godwin did his thing i mean godwin came through with one of the most clutch things i i've ever witnessed in candlepin bowling you know down 17 with two boxes to go misses a head pin with his first ball in the ninth but makes a great shot for the spare and then just throws an absolute missile strike in the tenth. You know that, that was that was a piss missile. It was. Oh and, yeah, it was unreal. You know, it's his, and it's his dropper strike. <laughs> it was just, you know, and I knew that. You know how when you're on the other side, and you see something like that, and you're like, "We're not winning." Yeah. And I knew it the minute he threw that strike. Oh, absolutely. I knew, knew we were the were, bug. I knew we weren't winning. Yeah. Um, you know, and look, I love Davey. I've, I've known him a long time, and I have a tremendous amount of respect for him. And, you know, there's a reason why I was the first one over there to congratulate him, because I love to see my friends do things like that. Yes, it was against me. Yes, it hurt. Yeah. Uh, yes, I yes I have PTSD from it, whatever. Absolutely. But it was just – it was so cool. Um, yeah. And, I mean, it almost – it almost didn't get to that point because Chad Reed was open on a spare. Yep. And he threw nine drop, wobbling nine drop with the friggin' uh, four pin. And he missed it. And then threw a nine drop with the four pin. And then threw a nine drop for the four pin with a load on it. Like it should have been a triple strike. Yeah. It was it was an unreal match. Like it, was, it was and it was hot. It was, yeah, it was so it hot. was so hot in there. It had to be a hundred so more. I bet. I bet it was. I bet it was a hundred plus inside there. Had oh, to. In, it was outside. It was a hundred plus. Yeah. Um, Jeremy, what's your? So you've done some coaching as well, right? A, a little bit. I, I helped with the Fairway Kids League uh, yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. So, what? As you were growing up bowling, and we've we've had this discussion, but I I, I really want to hear it from you. Is What's some of the best advice that you've been given that you can pass on to others? You know, it, it, it's weird. It, so when I went up in the kids league now, like Justin Waters was, he's a little bit younger than me, but he and I grew up together in the kids league and he was always just a hair better than me. And so he was the guy I was always chasing. Um, but like the way they coached, it was weird. Like it was more like a boot camp kind of thing. Like I would have much more benefited from somebody like Bobby Brown. You know, I don't know, like how well I don't know, Tim, if you know him at all. That name rings, but you're not talking about it's my prerogative, Bobby Brown. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, no, he, uh, no, he, I, he, I've heard the name, but I don't know. He is somebody that deserves to be in the Hall of Fame for. Um, what's the um, contribution like the the kids travel league like the what he's done with the kids has been absolutely incredible and I feel like he should be you know acknowledged for that you know I was never taught like I was taught fundamentals and like things like that the only thing that I could say is what I want to do with my daughter now. My daughter just started a kids league this year. I just want her to enjoy it. Like, well, if she wants to get better, I'll work on with her to get better. I just want her to have fun because I feel like 
I don't know, even with any sport, like parents push them to do what they want them to do. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I want her to have fun and enjoy what she's doing. If she wants to get better, great. She actually she actually told me she watched the Candlepins for Cancer taping the other day. Because, uh, I don't know, she heard it, like, that I was hosting. <laughs> so they actually, she watched it, and she bet with my mother-in-law on who was going to win. Oh, my God, that's funny. She uh, lost. She, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she lost. How, how, so how old is your daughter? She's eight. Okay, so she's at that. She's at that age where she's going to make up her mind soon mm-hmm. on does it start to become something she wants to do competitively. Right. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I, feel I gotta, like I'm not giving Colin a choice. He bowls the kids yeah. league. He's three. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> I, I pulled the kids league at three when I was younger, but I was never pushed to bowl. I was never, likes it. I was, well, I was never, never pushed to bowl either. I mean, yeah. I wanted to bowl. I was I mean, pushed my, to bowl, but I wanted my, to my dad bowled in, in like a mixed league on Sunday nights. I was there. I went every Sunday night. I went down there and, you know, and then I wanted to bowl off to the side and the guy working, uh, Paul Odoviani, he, you, he, he, as you like, Hey, can I bowl? He goes, yeah, help me wash the tables. I'd go and I'd wash the tables and let me bowl like five strings. Yeah. You, you know, it was like that sort of thing. I've always loved bowling. I loved watching bowling as a kid. Like that was my Saturday. Yep. I'm the same way. I, I loved spending my time as a young child at a bowling alley yeah. and watching bowling. I was weird. <laughs> <laughs> but see, I, I wasn't I wasn't pushed to bowl until Russ Neely bought the bowling alley, and I was 17 years old. Mm-hmm. I bowled a junior league, and then we bowled the junior tournament, state state tournaments, and that was all I bowled. And I would go occasionally with my mom when she bowled, you know, the pro, you know, the pro tour things like that. And I'd pace; they'd need a pacer. I'd I'd pace. Um, but it wasn't until Russ bought the bowling alley when Russ gave me that push and was like, you know, here, here you go. Yeah. You know, here are the keys to the kingdom. Go, go see what you do with it. Right. Uh, so what, Jeremy, what would you say then? You've been in the business long enough. You've done a, you've done a shit ton of things that people just honestly aren't aware of. Uh, I, I know I, I don't talk to anybody. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I've watched you bowl enough and I've seen you bowl and we've had this conversation before that you're the quiet one. Like, yeah, you're the, you're the scary one because you are quiet and people don't see you coming. And the next thing you know, you look up and you're down 30 and you just went, what the fuck just happened? Or you threw two marks in the front half and you're down 30. Yeah. Yeah. So, what would you say to let's see let's take a let's take an up and coming bowler someone like an Austin Barnes hmm. good young bowler yep what would you say to him to get him to that next level um i'd have to i mean i i don't know him very well um I, i'm saying in general not not him but you know what i mean that young 21 right 22 on the year old right on the cusp of how how do they take that next level get to one, that next level i mean one thing that was buried into my head was was pinning i mean i mean obviously like nines and tens 
check your pins. The spares will come. The other thing is, I mean, I don't know if he's just, is how he is, you know, his demeanor and everything like that. I mean, at 10 years old, I mean, Helen Salou, the, the, the owner of Fairway, I mean, I missed a shot. I, I don't know why. You told me this one. I turned around and I and I gave the ball return a kick. And she, now mind you, she's in her 60s at this time, maybe close to 70. She grabbed me by the collar of my shirt, ripped me off the lane, threw me on the back of the thing and said, you are done for the day. Like, like we don't do that. Like, uh, and I was terrified to ever do it again. And to this day, like, I mean, the, the, the calm demeanor is like something that I, I, I like to pride myself on. Like, like those, those two nine drops I missed the other day. It, yeah. I wanted to throw a bowling ball across six lanes, <laughs> but you know, it was always like the, you know, keep within yourself, check your pins. Getting upset is like, isn't going to help you get better. It's one thing like, like with, with daily. And I think daily has gotten better. But he he still needs to, I think, bring it down yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Because that kid has all the potential in the world. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would I would I would agree. Yeah, I'm I'm a uh I'm a hypocrite when it comes to that. <laughs> Freely admit to being a hypocrite when it comes to that because I am a little bit fire I'm not as fiery as I used to be on the mm-hmm. lanes. Um I know Calvin has seen it. You know, Brian's certainly seen it. Um, oh, I've had my moments. Don't get me wrong. Oh, I know. I know. But I preach that, though, to the younger bowlers. Like, and I do it to Brian all the time. And he gets pissed at me. <laughs> Thursday night. Not any, not anymore. I turned around on your Thursday night. I had a hissy fit the first string. And he goes, you need to calm down. And he comes off the third string. God. I go, hey, Tim, just calm down, Tim. <laughs> and the entire, both teams just start laughing their asses off. I was calm. <laughs> Calmer than you. Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, I was calm. Uh, Jeremy, as before we kind of wrap up here, I know that uh, you're a podcast aficionado. Yeah. You got two. You got two. Di- you got two different podcasts. Tell us uh, first. Tell us about the horror one. So the horror one, I've had that for about two and a half years now. Um, it was something, one of my friends from high school, we're both horror junkies. We love it. And he came over to my house one night. Well, my wife was away for um, the weekend. And he's just like, we're going to do a podcast. I'm like, I don't even know how to do that. He's like, ah, he goes, we're just going to pick like, a, you know, a movie. We're going to review it. Or we're going to do a walkthrough. We're going to do this and this and that. And then we did like three episodes. I'm like, this is amazing. I want to do a podcast about everything. Like, this is so fun. Because like, I went to broadcasting school. So like, I initially, like out of high school, I wanted to do like, I wanted to radio. be on radio. And then I got married and realized I had to be an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't be Casey you Casey. <laughs> but it was something I always wanted to do. This was a way that I could do that and talk about something I like and I didn't have to get a degree for it. Yeah. I'm not getting paid for it, but you know, whatever, but I'm having a blast with it, you know, and it's called fans of the dead. I mean, you can find us anywhere We're on Spotify, iTunes, Stitcher, anything. We're, we're, we're everywhere. 
you know, and I've talked to some good people. I've text, we've we've introduced we've interviewed some actors from the UK. I got um Brian, you're a Friday the 13th fan, right? Yes. Yep. Have you seen there's a fan film that's out called Voorhees? Um, I've heard of it. I haven't seen it yet. Okay. I mean it's on YouTube, but yeah. the director and writer of that is actually gonna be on our show next month. Oh, very cool. Very cool. nice. So I'm I'm looking forward to that. That's pretty neat. That's cool. I'm I'm not a I'm not a horror aficionado. That's funny. Like None that, of my friends I mean, are. No, 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 no. <laughs> I I mean I understand the genre. Like there are people like that I know of, like you, and I have a couple of friends that that is their thing. Like if it's in that genre, they're watching it, and they don't care yeah. if it's from you know the fifties or. What is you your know, favorite horror movie, Jeremy? Oh. God, um, I don't or know. one of them. I know you probably have one a of. Them, I mean, or series, or I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm a, I'm a Friday guy. Like that, that's 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 not you. You're, you're Freddy, not Jason. Or I mean, no, you're Jason, no. not Freddy. It, yeah, yeah, I love both, but I Freddy honestly, I have ne- like he cheats to me. He gets you in your dreams. That's not <laughs> fair. I've never <laughs> been able to answer that question to say like what my favorite is. But like, I mean, my. I don't know. Like I, I love like you know very serious ones, but then again, the other day I watched Wolf Cop, you know, and that was awesome. See, I love uh, Evil Dead and Armies of Darkness. Like I think the first Evil Dead movie is incredibly, it's scary at points, but it's funny as hell too in other parts. Oh, he's 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 awesome. Yeah, Bruce Campbell is the man. Bubba Hotep is another one for any Bruce Campbell fan out there. Bubba Hotep is an so, amazing movie. I'll tell you that the two horror movies that honestly it's you know i still remember from being a kid that scared the living crap out of me was was um the birds oh yeah Yeah. hitchcock hitchcock that one and you know of course you know bates motel i mean that it just psycho yeah psycho it's just for me the the movies when i was a kid that were horror movies were scream yep and Pumpkinhead 2, I remember very well. That was oh, a, a good one. cult classic. Blood Wings yeah. was incredible. The movie yeah. that scared the shit out of me was Poltergeist. Yes. Mine was It, and I still hate clowns to this day. Uh, clowns are <laughs> uh, Texas Chainsaw, to me, was Texas Chainsaw Massacre uh, and, and Children of the Corn. Children of the Corn. You know what blew my mind? That that, that kid, uh, uh, Ezekiel or whatever, yeah. he was like 30 at the time. Wait, really? Yeah. That kid was born in like 1959. I had no idea. <laughs> oh my god. Uh so what's this other podcast you're on? I, I hear it's I hear it's kind of a a spin-off of ours. It, it is just, a, it is a <laughs> second rate. <laughs> Fair enough. No, honest, honestly, I mean Danny and I had talked about this a while and we're lazy people. We're we would be like hey we should do this and we just never do and one day i was just like hey we should do a podcast and he's like about what i'm like i don't know whatever like anything we could let's you know just because i wanted to do another one and then i just I, I was listening to one of another podcast just an interview with somebody i said you know what would be fun it's like i just want to talk to bowlers about bowling like i just that's all i want to do like i i enjoy it like like this i enjoy just sitting down and talking about bowling 
and it would be really cool to talk to some of my favorite bowlers as a kid and new bowlers and stuff like that. Like Wednesday, we're going to be sitting down with Eddie Zernicky, which yep. I'm so super excited about. Yeah. Um, you know, I've, we've been able to talk to Olsta and Berger and like those, and some of those guys. And it's, I, I could just sit there for an hour just let, let, listening to people talk about their stories, you know, it's like, I mean, it's like it's like riding in a car with Craig Holbrook for like yeah. two hours it would yeah. be the most amazing two hour ride because out of everyone I know, and I know a lot of candlepin bowlers, like just like mm. you guys, we all know a lot of candlepin bowlers. To me, Craig Holbrook is the one that could talk candlepin bowling for mm. hours on end. And I would just sit there like just <laughs> mouth shut. Give me more. Give me yeah, more. Yeah. You know, feed me, give me more. Yeah. I think it was about, I think it was like my third or fourth worlds. And I ended up in Craig Holbrook's room because I was roaming roaming around the rooms. I think it was Halifax. And I was there and I sat there and like just I just enjoyed the conversations that were going on. And it was it was so much fun. Like him and Wickham and and uh Zappy and all them were all in the same room and like, oh my god, like this is heaven. Yeah. My first world was 05 in Halifax, and I went down to the bar and just sat there. And it was like Det and Holbrook and Winchell and a bunch of the guys from like yeah. uh, Chief was there and Tony LeBlanc and the Canadians. And they were all talking old war stories. And Dad's like, "Hey, we're going to the room." I'm like, "That's cool. I'm gonna sit here for a long, long time and yeah. just listen." <laughs> but, but I mean, I I gotta give Danny a lot of credit. Um, I mean, he honestly, he's the reason I stayed at Millis for so long. I mean, after COVID hit and, you know, things got a little, you know, it, it wasn't, it just wasn't fun. I mean, our battles with the Board of Health and all that stuff yeah. was kind of like the, the beginning and the end. And like, for my mindset, I guess, you know, but Danny was somebody who I hired on a whim where he was just like, hey, you guys need help? I'm like, yeah, OK, like I, I need some hours. I'm saving for a house. And he's turned into one of my best friends and somebody who ultimately cares so much about the game and has turned an idea into one of the one of the better tournaments in the state of Massachusetts in Outrun the Bear, because he will shoot me if I don't mention it. But the work he does with with his wife, Kate, and his went from 17 people to now he's giving out a $2,000 prize every time we have the tournament. Yeah. I got to get down there for, get down for one of them. I, I wanted to the last with the last scratch one and I couldn't get down there. I was so mad that COVID hit because we had a, a whole weekend plan. It was, yeah. we were going to go watch the Sox and Yankees at Fenway. Then we were going to go to the outrun the bear. Like it was going to be such a great weekend. And then COVID hit. And yeah, I was yeah. like, you got to be fucking kidding me. Yeah. But And now he's got his hands in like ACST and stuff like that. I mean, he runs our kids league. I mean, I, I know he's not the manager of Millis, but he, he could be, he's got his own job. He's been working seven days a week at the bowling alley on top of his full-time job. That's just crazy. because they're, because they're that desperate for help. That, that, that's crazy. Wow. You know, and, and that place is afloat be, mainly because of him. Yeah. You know, so, you know, I, I do have to give him, you know, the, the, the shout out for that. Because, I mean, he saved my ass I don't know how many times. 
Well, we're going to, uh, we've gone way over what we, what we just wanted, which is typical. No, that's typical for us. Cause you know, we just, again, we like to talk, go uh, down the rabbit hole. We <laughs> go down a rabbit hole occasionally, Get off uh, the rails. you know, uh, folks, uh, th- Jeremy, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining us. No, thank uh, you guys so much. I mean, we're, don't, we're, we're going to have you on Tim very soon. Uh, it, like I said, life has just been absolutely crazy lately. No, that's cool. Uh, look, I told you whenever you just let me know. I'm happy to do it. Let's face it, I love to talk bowling. So no, you just love to talk. That's what you mean. about you. I, I do. I love to talk, and it doesn't necessarily have to be about me. We can <laughs> talk. No, it doesn't necessarily have to. It'll get there. Yeah, it'll always get there. <laughs> Jesus, no matter what, Tim likes. To you know what? Again. Y'all can go fuck yourselves. Yeah. I yeah. said, except for Jeremy, because he's just. He's a Swedish assassin. And we asked Jeremy. We asked Jeremy. Hey, Jeremy, what was your favorite match? Where did it end up? Tim talking about his favorite match. <laughs> That's all. No matter what. But fine. My favorite match had not me in it. How's that? Yeah. It was, it was Jeremy when he went 412 on his first TV show. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly what happened. That was my favorite match. My second favorite match was when Calvin Locke. Stepped on his dick and went tumbling down the lanes. I don't know. I knew it was that. I don't know. Anyway, uh, Jeremy, (laughs) thank you again, folks. You can hear Jeremy on uh, what do you? I'm assuming you're on what Spotify, Spotify, iTunes, uh, Amazon. I think. Basically, wherever you hear your wherever Anchor sends the the podcast to, Um, and (laughs) so that is. What's the horror, what's the one about horror again? It's called Fans of the Dead. Okay. Um, yeah, same thing. Anywhere you can can listen to a podcast, we're we're all over the place. Check it out. Give it a listen. Yeah. I know. I know they've got at least ten listeners. I know that. <laughs> at least ten. Uh, and then check out the approach. Um, they they do some really cool things on there. Some great interviews. Right here, guys. Fans of the Dead on Spotify. Yep. Right Fans of the Dead yep. on so, Spotify. So our. I, I, a girl that we went to school with actually painted that picture. Really? That's really cool. The logo, yeah. I like that. It's a pretty good picture. So, welcome to our amateur hour. Uh, amateur hour of podcasting. Uh, Brian and I started this podcast very similar to what you and Danny did. Uh, we talked about it for months on end. Literally talked about just, it for months on end. One day, I, one day I was like, hey, the equipment's coming. We're doing it. But the thing is, you don't need that much equipment. Well, now really we, don't, we don't even that. use it anymore. Yeah, we don't use it no. we, we use zero of the equipment that we paid for. And when I we realized we're like... For the other podcast so much, uh, that all that equipment that I had, it's gone now. I, yeah. have this, I have this little thing that has four microphone ports into it. I just plug the microphones in, I hit record, and we just talk. Yeah. That's all I do. Yeah, it's just, it's just funny to me. Anyway, folks, you can... Uh, you can, uh, what can they do? They can get their questions, comments, concerns over to us at Ripping the Rack Podcast. Uh, Jesus. Let's try that again. Get your questions, your comments, concerns over to Ripping the Rack Podcast at gmail.com. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Twitter at Ripping the Rack Podcast. You can find Brian on OnlyFans at Big Booty Brian. You can Big look Booty him Brian. up. He is Big Booty Brian. He's on there. Uh, he's running a special. Uh, if you join up, you will get two months for oh, the price of, for the price of three. Give him a give, give him a give him a try, Big Booty Brian. 
Uh, Brian, where else where else can they hear us? It's been a while. Hold on. Well, Tim, they can hear us on Anchor, Breaker, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, uh, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you listen to your podcast mediums. Was that David Allen Boucher? <laughs> that that was my NPR voice. <laughs> Sweaty balls. Sweaty balls. Uh, folks, appreciate it. Have a great, uh, great couple of weeks. We'll see you soon. Bye, buddy. <laughs>